believe in ourselves and look what's happened, it's unreal. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. A very special episode today. In fact, it's probably the most special episode we've done uh, in our two-year existence because Northern Ireland women have qualified for Euro 2022 after a 2-0 victory over Ukraine, making it 4-1 uh, on aggregate. Just an absolutely incredible achievement. I wasn't able to sleep last night. Uh, I can't wipe the smile off my face at all today. I can't stop thinking about the summer of 2022 uh, and joining me, Andy Bell, uh, to talk about this incredible achievement. I have, returning for the second time, Lauren McCann. Lauren, how are you? Oh, I'm buzzing. I'm so ecstatic. It's probably the word I've been on and I've registered for my ticket, so fingers crossed I'll be there next summer. Excellent. Yes, register for the vaccination, register for the tickets, get that all done in one. <laughs> uh, and joining us for the for the first time, uh, we have Kieran Kelly, who is the host of the Sporty Scoop podcast, uh, a Queen's Students podcast. So, Kieran, welcome. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no problem. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I'm also mind blown by what's happened last night um i don't think i've quite registered um what's that ladies northern Ireland ladies are going to the years but yeah i'm tierna um as you said i'm part of the sporty scoop in queen's belfast um and i just like to talk a lot about sport and um and it's just even better to talk about women's sport um, i play football myself for um the queen's football team and I'm very excited to go to training tonight um, and hear how the, the ladies, you know, back from all the restrictions, but also on that high from last night with Northern Ireland qualifying. So pretty exciting times. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. All right, Lauren, um, we're going to delve into specifics. We're going to talk about both games. We're going to talk about, you know, how amazing an achievement this is and, and really kind of drill down into individual players. But first of all, just, just talk about how amazing they are. Oh, like there's not enough superlatives for every single one of those players you know <laughs> even the ones that came in um they came off the bench and came in for this game that didn't start the other game they were just to a woman they were magnificent and yeah you know in their interviews they're all saying they're struggling for words and you you just struggled to find enough words to just praise them all they were just unbelievable yeah absolutely here in a home is another yeah incredible um i think for a semi-pro side if even um against ukraine like we just dominated and i think it was just so great to see and it's so great to watch um you know be proud of the northern Ireland ladies football you know um for so long you know we probably had been maybe a step behind the men's but actually now we're we're reaching a level where actually you know the people of northern ireland can actually look at the women's and be just as proud and I think it's just incredible to watch and it's incredible to see and some of these players who have been with um, the Northern squad for so long as well but also seeing some of the young players come up too you know it's great to see players you know my age playing um, and reaching such an incredible achievement um, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny the, the kind of parallels that you can draw between. I mean, we literally named this this podcast after the 2-0 win over Ukraine in 2016. And you've you've got the first half or the the set piece goal just after half time and then the 96th minute goal on the breakaway. I mean you've got you can literally just draw the, the parallels between uh, Gareth McCauley and Marissa Callahan and then Nadine Caldwell mm. and uh, and Niall McGinn. It's, it's funny how things like that work. And listen, Ukraine aren't uh, Ukraine aren't too keen on us from a footballing point of view, are they? But I mean, I mean, it's, it's an incredible thing. Like Kieran mentions, the fact that it's a, a semi pro side there, um, and seven of the eleven that played in Kubalivka uh, were playing Irish league. And um, not only are they part time footballers, they're footballers who haven't played at all this season. They've had absolutely no club football. I think the mm. last Irish league game was. The 30th of December, I think Glenn Torn were playing in it. Um, and but but since then, the only football they've had, the only kind of match fitness they've been able to have is the was that um friendly defeat to England. Um mm. and and you know, even taking it away from kind of part-time stuff, it's a country with a population of 10, 15 times size what we have. Um, so many more resources, players playing in Europe, players playing in the professional Ukrainian league, like. 
if you put those teams together and, and, and didn't give anyone any context about the countries, about where the players were playing or anything like that, you just wouldn't have known that they were the full-time team, would you? No, and like the odds were stacked against Northern Ireland from the start. You know, obviously those factors come into play. Um, and Kenny was very vocal in the fact, you know, he was really disappointed in that they couldn't have some game time before um, the playoffs, obviously, apart from the England game. And as well, the injuries, you know, the injuries were already stacking up the likes of Cara Hamilton, Demi Vance and Megan Bell out. And then for this one, you know, Abby McGee, who was terrific against England, she was missing. Lauren Wade, a normal starter, was out with injury as well. And, you know, they've just come through so much adversity, especially as well when you look back on the campaign as a whole, um, the first two defeats, to Norway you know heavy defeats you might just pack it in then and you know you just say where do we go from here but they just showed terrific character to come back the draws against Wales obviously crucial and then Belarus Faroe Islands and then Ukraine they really showed what they're all about and you know for not having played a game for so long the fitness levels of some of those girls was just immense you know you could tell they really wanted it and I think that's what got them through as much as their talent you know just that grit and determination to get to the major tournament you know it's paid off and it's just incredible yeah yeah I uh, think I, I think sorry to butt in but like just away. sort of the whole like this podcast is called the spirit of 2016 and it's sort of like the spirit of Northern Ireland you know the way we are and it, you can tell that it wasn't just about the physicality um, of the team, like it was a mindset, you know, and, and, you know, Kenny has gone into that squad and has just done some incredible things. And, um, and I think that's what's so makes you so proud to watch is, you know, that is what Northern Ireland's all about. You know, we know we're a small nation. We know we haven't got a big pool of players to pull from. We also know we don't have a big professional league here in terms of women's football. Um, and yet, um, we still, you know, come out and, you know, can support our girls and actually know that they will give everything they have. And, and I think that's, you know, definitely what is evident in the, in the last two games. Yeah, they're, they're on a, a six-game winning streak now, which is it's making me uncomfortable because I feel like at, at some point you're now going to be favourites for something, which I don't want. I want us to be underdogs. I want us to, <laughs> to always have that underdog story. But yeah, Tierney, you, you mentioned there the, the kind of fighting spirit and it's funny, like, you know, you read up about the history of football and the history of football tactics. And, you know, it was Arrigo Saki who famously uh, conducted the, the defensive football videos, which, which showed that, you know, even if a team has far better players, you can beat them with tactics and, and spirit and determination. And I said in a recent podcast, one of the, uh, one of the things like Marcelo Bielsa always says as well about, uh, about teams is, you know, yes, you can be uh, physically better. You can be uh, technically better as well, but one of the things that can win you a game is wanting it more and having that spirit and fight and determination. And like over mm. the course of, I mean, you mentioned the the, the six 0 defeats to Norway there. Um, you know, heads could have gone down, especially you know I had Simone McGill and Rachel Furness in this podcast, and they said they didn't even know it was head to head. They th they thought it was goal difference for the first four or five games. So it was two six 0 defeats. You think, well, that's out the window. How on earth are we going to qualify for it now? Um, but to even like keep going and keep fighting and and get the 2-2 two -two draw on wheels, get the nil-nil draw at home and, and get over the line with those four results. It's 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 like, we're going to come on to talk about what Kenny Hughes said about it being the greatest known Irish sport and achievement of all time. But it really is like, it's it's a, it's just an outrageous um, underdog story. It's it's not like, you know, you talk about under, underdog stories throughout sport, like Cameroon beating Argentina at the World Cup and, and things like that. But no, nothing even comes close to a part-time team beating a full-time team of professionals over two legs by four goals to one. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. And it, it was also the fact, you know, it was two goals were scored away from home as well, which is even more incredible. I think that was what, um, whenever I first um, saw, you know, the first leg was, you know, scoring two goals away from home was an incredible and come away with the victory there. Um, and then at home, you know, keep a clean sheet as well, which is obviously really important. And I think it's such a huge story. It's it's and it's it's so encouraging as well. And I think it's so great for um, young girls, possibly now, you know, within Northern Ireland and uh, possibly the whole island of Ireland, you know, to see that it actually doesn't matter that if you, you know, you don't go the full way all over, you know, the way to English and professional football over there. I mean, yes, that is great. And we want more women to go over there. But yet still with, you know, the Irish League setup that we have here, um, 
you know, you can still achieve um, some of the greatest things in, in football for Northern Irish women and, and make it to a major tournament. Like, I think, yes, we do have to talk about this is history making and actually could be one of the, the biggest sporting um, historical moments for, for this wee, wee part of the world, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and Lauren, I'm, I'm going to fire out like a little stats throughout this podcast, which just put into perspective how amazing achievement this is. I mean, when you think about the 16 teams who have now qualified for Euro 2022, and you've got like, um, you know, USA are obviously first in the world. So Germany second, Netherlands third, France fourth, England fifth, Sweden sixth. And you've got a couple like Norway 12th, Spain 13th. But the lowest ranked team uh, outside of Northern Ireland are Finland, who are ranked 31st in the world. Northern Ireland are ranked 59th in the world and have qualified for a major tournament. Now to put that into a little bit more perspective, in the European rankings, so European rankings are obviously doesn't give the USA any of that. So Germany are the top-ranked uh, European team. So of the 16 teams who have qualified for Euro 2022, the Women's Euro 2022, the teams ranked 1 to 13 in Europe have all qualified. The team ranked 16th, which is Russia, have qualified. So 14 of the 16 teams who have qualified for this tournament are ranked between 1 and 16. That's what it should be. Now, Finland in 20th of qualifying. Now, that's a decent enough achievement for them to get in. But Northern Ireland, 30th out of 46 teams in Europe, when the rankings were made, or when the draw was made, that's where they were ranked. We've climbed up a bit now with all these wins. But that's that shouldn't happen. A, four, a fourth pot team shouldn't be qualifying for a major tournament. You have to do this seeding thing, where they do the pots one and two, to give these teams the best chance of qualifying. They don't, you know, like... It's it's it goes against all logic that we've we've managed to even get a playoff. Never mind, never mind, win this game. Yeah, it just absolutely begs belief. You know those stats just reinforce how magnificent this is. And you know it's credit to all the players. It's credit to Cami for coming in and you know implementing the system that's really worked wonders. You know he tweaked it again on last night. You know we went to three at the back or five at the back after a back four and. Friday night and you know it worked wonders and um, the wing backs were immense and obviously the three centre backs were great as well and you know we stopped Ukraine really playing um because I don't remember them having any real chance throughout the 90 minutes last night and you know it just it's incredible and as Tierna said it's going to do so much for women's football here and even look at the upcoming Danske Bank Women's Premiership you know there's going to be some players in that squad thinking you know those on the periphery of maybe the Northern Ireland squad if they put in really good performances in this upcoming season you know they might be on the play in the Euro 2022 and it'll really inspire those who are out injured at the minute you know work their way back to full fitness so I think it's just it, the, the benefits Northern Ireland are going to reap for years to come. Yeah absolutely and, and Tierna let's let's kind of talk about the individual games there's the the first one in in, in Kovalevka, just outside of Kiev, to, to get a 2-1 victory there. I mean, you look at that, 2-1 victory away from home, first leg, and um, you sort of think it must be a smash and grab. Now, I saw the stats after the game. Uh, the Ukrainian uh, TV directors had a bit of a shocker, really. They missed the furnace goal, didn't they? But they put the stats up at the end, and they said... Uh, it came up that Ukraine had 11 shots to R6. Now, I don't know what game that they were taking those stats from. But I do not remember Ukraine having a single decent chance, really. It, it must have just been kind of long shots and pot shots. And yes, Jackie Burns <laughs> makes a, a very good save, from, but it's from about a 30-yard free kick. Um, and that's just an example of how stats can be manipulated to tell a completely different story. Because as you say, Northern Ireland were dominant. They went there. Um, the keeper didn't have, it wasn't pulling off six or seven string of incredible saves. The defence weren't making last-ditch challenges. Northern Ireland went there and were the better team. And we're full value for that uh, that two one victory. Yeah, for sure, and I, I think that is what's incredible as well. The fact that first of all we went out and we we scored first was so important, and I'm pretty sure that was something Kenny was would probably have said to the girls in the change room. You know, first goal is going to count in this match, and and you know. Furness went out and scored and um, it was unfortunate in the game that we we lost Furness to injury, but. Um, and then the, the fact that, you know, the one chance maybe you could say that Ukraine got most of the game was the, was the goal. And, um, you know, the fact, though, that, you know, the heads didn't drop, it wasn't going, oh, sure, we had our chance. Ukraine are the better team, you know, they're scoring, they're probably going to score again. That wasn't the mindset. It was, 
no, that was unlucky. We've got to keep going. And, and I think that was, you know, really evident to go on and for um, McGill to, to score the winner of that match. And um, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't ever, you know, it wasn't, they, were, they weren't going out to, you know, defend. They weren't going out to stop, um, you know, Ukraine scoring so, as many goals as they could. It was actually going out with, we want to win this. And, and we're going to do it and we're going to play and we're going to attack and we're going to we're going to win. And, and and that was so, so evident. And, and I think that's like, as I say, you know, it's just it's not just about the, the physicality. It's about the mindset of, of this team. And, and even with the fact, you know, we've we've mentioned, you know, injuries and stuff as well, but um, actually still putting on, you know, pretty much a professional performance. Um, was pretty incredible and to do it away from home I think I still I'm still blown away by that you know to to go away from home you know go one nil up then you know uh go one all and still be like no we're gonna continue on and we're gonna we're gonna win this game and because one one would have been a perfectly fine result away from home first leg oh definitely especially with an away goal um you know would have been so great to come back home but it was that wasn't enough for the girls and um, to go out and, and take victory in the first game. I think really set us up for um, last night and um, obviously took, uh, you know, Ukraine probably, you know, as you said, the commentators there probably did not expect it to see it coming, especially, you know, them being at home. Um, I think it was a big shock for them. and um, But nonetheless, great for us. And we'll take the away wins. And I think this spirit that the ladies have is just so encouraging to watch and actually see how far they maybe will go being the you know as you said 30th rank out of um all the teams in in the top 16 now so um yeah pretty pretty incredible yeah lauren two mentions it there it's it's the football they played i mean apart from kind of the last 10 minutes where i think the nerves maybe started to set in a little bit and we started to panic i mean Everything that landed at the feet of Laura Rafferty and Chloe McCarran seemed to end up in Moscow at some point. They were just hitting it that far up the pitch. But for the first 80 minutes, it, it was <laughs> it was really good football. And as Tina says, Kenny has got them playing this brand of football. And, you know, as a Northern Ireland manager, you always have to be kind of pragmatic. You can't be a, like a real idealist. But, you know, he, he has got them playing the right way. And especially with no fans on the ground, you can hear the shouts from Kenny. You know, play it out from the back. Do it the right way. Don't panic on the ball. And, um, you know... At, at one point, just when the, as I say, towards the last 10 minutes of that first leg, when when maybe we were kicking it long a little bit, you know, you could see Kenny, Kenny Hughes was nearly having a heart attack at times because we weren't playing, we weren't playing exactly that kind of football. But over the course of the two legs, we did that. But away from home to the bravery to go and do that, you know, uh, mm. we've mentioned, you both kind of mentioned the fitness levels and and the fact that they've, they've, they've their team have, have had a full-time league right the way through this year. And you know, the fact that they'll be sharper and pressing and maybe mistakes are a bit more likely when you don't quite have that much fitness. I mean, it requires a lot of bravery. The easy thing to do there is pack 11 uh, women behind the ball, kick it long, see if you can get some sort of scrap on the break with McGill or Furnace or some sort of magic or set piece. But that wasn't what they did. They were full value for that 2-1 victory. Oh, definitely. And, you know, Kenny, after the game, said it wasn't even their best performance and you're sitting there thinking, wow, really? But it just shows how much he expects from his squad and how much more he wants. And, you know, as you say, they went to Ukraine and played a four at the back. And, you know, many a Northern Ireland team probably would have gone with the five just to try to stay compact. But as you said, the bravery, you know, I think the early goal really did set them up well and the belief kind of grew from there. And, you know, the second goal from Miguel's superb finish. And they were full value for the victory. And, you know, um, a great credit to Chloe McCarran as well. You know, she didn't start the game, was probably unlucky not to. And then to come in and produce such a great performance alongside Sarah McFadden, you know, in the absence of Rachel Furness. And, you know, when you lost her, you were kind of thinking, oh dear, like, that's our record goal scorer way off injured. Like, how do we go from here? Because she had got the early goal and she'd been so instrumental early on. But, you know, others stepped up to the plate, you know, the likes of Marissa Callahan and Kirsty McGuinness was a constant thorn in the side of Ukraine. And, you know, it was just great to see. And then obviously coming home last night again, another complete performance, you know, even the subs that came on, um, Sam Kelly, you know, chasing every single ball, Simone McGill, oh my word, <laughs> your tweets, you could outrun a treadmill, like, it was, 
I was just, just summed it up perfectly. Like, um, as we've said, the fitness levels and just the hunger and desire that they were going to press high and that they forced Ukraine into mistakes, whereas you're thinking the other way around, you know, Northern Ireland never been in this scenario before, like mistakes are bound to happen, but it was mostly Ukraine. And, you know, the first 10 minutes of the return leg, Ukraine obviously pressed for the goal, but to no real effect. And, you know, once that um, Northern Ireland goal went in, you know, the belief again grew and, you know, the rounded off in the 96th minute, you know, that was just the icing on the cake. Yeah, Tierna, I think if that shot from Sam Kelly towards the end had it gone in, that I had to reopen the pubs here straight away because I was going out all night. Like, that would have been so great. <laughs> but two players I want to ask you about, just to stick, just to stick briefly with the, the away leg, because I want to talk about the two goal scorers. Rachel Furness, who, you know, has only played half an hour of this playoff, really, but over the last, over the last well, 10 years, really, has just been a constant, you know, talisman from Northern Ireland, constantly that catalyst, and has been there right the way through. And we always talk in the men's podcast about the likes of someone like Steve Davis, who's constantly turned up to training camps, even when we were getting hammered, even when, you know, other players might have, might have not been as bothered, but she's been there right the way through. And, you know, there's bound to have been times where she thought, I'm, you know, best case scenario, I'm maybe going to finish third in the group for Northern Ireland, and that'll be the height of my Northern Ireland career. And at that time, that would have seemed incredible, but you know, for her, I mean, I, I talked about the fact that no now they're on a six-game winning run right now, which is actually the previous best. I don't know if you've seen my tweet, but the previous best ever winning run for no now women's side is two competitive games. So to be going on a six-game uh, competitive run, obviously doesn't include the 6 nil against England, because that was a friendly. But in five of those games, in the five games that Furness has played, she scored and she scored some incredibly big goals in that time. And so I want you to talk about her a little bit and her impact, but also Simone McGill and her her performance in Ukraine because as, as Lauren said she did chase down absolutely everything uh, the work rate was incredible but she's not just a workhorse she's somebody who brings an immense level of quality everything she's touching at club level at the mm. minute is turning to gold she seems to be coming off the bench and, and, and smashing in these goals every single week um, and that goal is you know not only to kind of get your body in the way of the defender so it's either you know, red colour down red card or free shot away but to keep your composure the balls at that pretty high it's very easy to blaze those over the bar I know myself because I'm a footballer <laughs> you know I've, I've done that quite a bit but it's such a composed finish and right in the top corner it was a real moment of quality Oh yeah Simone McGill's goal was definitely a brilliant goal it's also left foot as well um, I think I remember her um, talking about it at the end of the game and just talking about that you know just drop perfectly for her and just you know she was just positioned and, and she just took her shot and, and just it went in and she couldn't believe it quite herself. But um, yeah, Simone and um, uh, Furness have been brilliant. Um, Furness, I have, you know, she's a player that, you know, as you said, we have to give so much credit to because, you know, ladies football, you know, in the last 10 years would never have dreamt um, of getting to major tournaments. And um, it's, it just goes to show, you know, a player who's persistent and, um, who, who wants to do well for their country and wants um, women's football and, and their country to um, have something to be proud of. And um, I think that's been really evident in, in her career. And yeah, you're right to say, yes, it, it would have been great if Northern Ireland, you know, just done, you know, got third place in, in their group. But actually, um, you know, to come out fairness, you know, year on year and, and um, pull out um, performance after performance and be there for um, the girls team and, and watch young players come up um, and just, you know, and I just think it's, it's so admirable, you know, because, you know, we, we were talking to Marissa Callahan a while back and just about how, you know, the team has just had some immense highs but immense lows and Furness is one of them players where you can't doubt is, is um, experienced some of them lows as well as a Northern Irish player, but um it just goes to show, I think, hard work really pays off, really. And um, she just, you know, she has, there's so much credit to give to her in this campaign in, in relation to goal scoring. And it was a shame that she wasn't playing last night. Um, I did see her afterwards. She was almost trying to jump with her crutches and, uh, <laughs> you know. Definitely uh, aggra aggravated that injury, hasn't she? De <laughs> definitely. But I think... Um, you know, she was definitely, you know, even though she wasn't playing, she was playing from the sideline, you know, and um, I think that's that's when, you know, you've got, you know, you've got a good team where, you know, you know, you're not upset. Players aren't upset by not being picked or be, being injured. They're actually, 
you know, they they still want to support and, and be there for their team. And, and I think that was so evident um, from Furness last night and watching her. And hopefully, you know, she'll recover uh, well and, and we'll see her back in the squad um, soon. Um, but then moving on to Simone McGill, um, just another incredible player. Um, I'm surprised she didn't get a, a goal last night myself, to be honest. Um, she had a few chances, but um, it was... she. She just played so well in, in the away, away leg game, if I could speak. And um, um, and it was so great to see that winner and, and how she, as you said, the composure um, was just incredible to watch. And um, it was just, it was a nice way to finish off um, Ukraine away from home. I think I think that's a good way to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Lauren kind of came on to the second leg last night. It's obviously one that's, that's most recent in our minds and like just talk about kind of the approach first of all because you know, first 45 minutes Ukraine did have a lot of the ball and seemed to be the better side technically but it wasn't like Northern Ireland were playing empty football it was just a little bit more pragmatic it was a bit more defensive which is what you have to do in a, in a second leg especially when you've got the well one and a half goal advantage with the away goal in Ukraine and it wasn't as I say it was it, it was no, nothing to smash and grab about it Ukraine were um, restricted to long shots or restricted to, 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 to efforts which would be in the 0.0s on the XG scale you know it was it, it, from a defensive point of view I and mean, we'll come on to talk about the the, the defenders and, and specifically I uh, want to talk about Nelson and Hutton as well at, at some point in this podcast but I thought the job uh, McCarran and McFadden did in front of the back uh, the back three or back five gave them so much protection especially McFadden had a had a super game I mean one of the tackles near the end I don't know how she hasn't crunched that girl's leg, but it was a perfectly fair <laughs> tackle. And it was, uh, you know, throughout the 90 minutes. I mean, McCarran's a bit more of a technical footballer. She's, you know, she wants to get in the ball and dictate play a bit more. And McFadden's maybe a bit more of a stopper. But the two of them in front of each other uh, combined perfectly just to protect the back three. And, you know, as you say, Kuhn McCarran coming in, uh, probably a bit annoyed to to have been to have been dropped. Well, not dropped, but, uh, but left on the bench for the first leg. And then, she comes on, you can see straight away she's angry, she's kicking the ball at people, which which I personally enjoyed. But you know, the two of them in general, the mentality for them to come in, McFadden didn't play a big part, I think, in the like the last four games and the last four wins. Uh, and McCarran, obviously, the mentality to come in and, and play haven't been haven't been originally somebody else was preferred to her. Um, I mean, those two in specific definitely come out of these two games uh, with their heads held very high. Yeah, they deserve immense credit. And as you've said, they're like a good blend in the middle. Um, but even the whole setup, you know, the back five, you're thinking it is more pragmatic and it was at times. But, you know, the likes of Laura Rafferty was striding out from the back and then, you know, McCarran was bombing forward and the wingbacks, even they weren't sitting deep, you know, they were bombing forward. And even early on, like Northern Ireland, I would probably argue, had the better chances in the first half. You know, that one... Um, Rafferty put just wide from the corner and every time they put in the set piece, you know, their goalkeeper was looking very dodgy. And yeah, as you say, you know, you would take a nil-nil at halftime all day and obviously um, Ukraine had more possession, but you never really thought they were properly troubling um, the defence and, you know, the three at the back and those two in front of them. The playing around as well, you know, playing out from the back was really evident, um, even though it arguably looked like a more defensive setup, but, you know, yeah, great credit has to go to McCarran and McFadden, you know, right until the end, like McCarran was driving forward with the ball and she was trying to pick out McFadden and then obviously she was clattered, like WWE style. <laughs> See, that's gone <laughs> barrel on, like, on these accounts, like people saying, like, this is the best yeah. smile I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> she just no no eyes on the ball, just straight to the player. I'm just gonna take her out. You know, that just epitomized, you know, their game. They were just all over the pitch and they're stopping any kind of attack that came through the middle. And it's just amazing to see. So obviously, you know, Sarah McFadden and Judy Nelson and actually Hutton, they've been around the Northern Ireland setup for so long. And, you know, along with Furness, they've experienced some major lows, but now, you know, they're reaping the rewards and there'll be huge inspirations to the young players coming through as well. You know, look at what McFadden's done in her performance last night. And, you know, she's still a mainstay in the team, even at the latter end of her career. It's just incredible. Yeah, we did a, a podcast recently, as we said, here now with uh, Simone and Rachel, and we did a quiz round on the uh, Northern Ireland individual goal scorers uh, in competitive games. 
since 2010. Um, and one that was very surprisingly wrong is Sarah McFadden. She actually hasn't scored a competitive goal for Northern Ireland since 2007. Um, and I know Simone and Richard were very surprised about that. So I, I don't know if she's listening in, but she was falling forward desperate to get that goal. Uh, and it was such a shame. <laughs> It, it was such a shame in the end that uh, that she was taken out. I don't know. I, I was surprised she wasn't going to get up and try and take the free kick herself. But yeah, she was incredible. <laughs> and uh, two uh, two players that, that Lauren mentions there as well. I want to touch on it is is Julie Nelson and Ashley Hutton, and they're two incredible defenders. Have produced so many moments for Northern Ireland over the years, both in attack from set pieces and with their defensive capability. Obviously, Hutton gets the goal in Wales, which which proves crucial in the ninety fourth minute, but. Well, I saw, you know, as great defenders as they are, I, I thought you know, they're, they're part-time, they're playing in the Irish League, they're 35 and 33, you know, which means you're a bit worried about a team of Ukraine's quality who potentially can, can use that pace in behind. But the, the saying that the first sort of 10 yards are in your head is, is so true, and their experience are just accounted for any sort of any sort of lack of pace they had. And, Ukraine were nowhere near getting in behind uh, all night and didn't really have any any chance of creating anything. Um, and I think you have to sort of do it as a, a as a back seven or a back eight, including Jackie Burton's, including the wing backs and the two in front. But help not um, Hutton and Nelson really didn't put a foot wrong uh, at all between them over 180 minutes. Mm, yeah, definitely. And it at their age as well, it's incredible to see them be able to, you know, keep up and keep out um, such professional players from Ukraine. I think it's also worth mentioning um, Rebecca McKenna as well. Um, that guy started to chase every Ukraine player out in the, <laughs> in the defence back. Um, but yeah, it was it was great to see. And um, I think what was um, really nice last night just to um, you know finish off you know because I didn't see you know the 96th minute goal coming and I was like do you know what if Northern Ireland could just keep a clean sheet here for the rest of the game you know that'll be that you know the defence will take away a good victory from that as well as um, you know obviously winning 1-0 um, but um, and I think that was what was so so great and important to see and you know, over both legs, you know, the fact we only conceded one goal um, was phenomenal. And I, and I think that does have to go to the defence. Um, and also, you know, goalkeeping as well. Um, it's been, it's just been great to see. And I think um, Northern Ireland, you know, um, I've got so much more to come. And, and I hope, you know, the defensive back line can, you know, keep what you know they've learned from these last few games and, and take it into the Euros tournament next year. Yeah, and it's not as if, you know, like, everyone knows who's kind of played football or played at the back. It's a lot easier when you're, you've kind of got everyone behind the ball and everyone's really close to you. But with the expansive football that those girls play, it's incredible that, you know, they're constantly stretched, they're constantly kind of exposed one-on-one -on -one and their capabilities to be able to deal with those, those professional footballers. As you say, like down to a woman from McKenna, was incredibly tenacious the whole time. I think it's. I think she's only. I think it was only her twentieth birthday the other day. And great to see somebody mm. from. Uh, great to see somebody from Bangor in the in the team doing well <laughs> with big with big Josh in the men's and we've got Rebecca in the in the women's so we're, <laughs> rep, rep, representing the Gold Coast down here. But uh, Lauren, I'm gonna ask you to talk about Marissa Callahan because I know you want to. I know you're a big Cliftonville supporter and she's been a legend for Cliftonville for the last 15, 16 years. And her performance. I mean. I, she's maybe somebody who's gone a little bit under the radar. In fairness, has, has got the goals. McGill, throughout the last 10 years, has, has scored a lot of goals from Northern Ireland as well. And, and Hutton and Nelson are, are players everyone talks about. But Marissa Callahan doesn't kind of get the plaudits she deserves, I feel. She's, uh, she's a steady a steady workman-like player at times and, 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 and maybe, maybe is, isn't given the credit for, for how good a technical footballer she is. And, she did such a, an important role, I felt, uh, in the in Ukraine. You know, at times she was playing on the right, at times she was playing back in the centre. Um, but on on uh, on last night there, or uh, on Tuesday night, we were going on Wednesday. It was a real captain's performance. It was every time you looked up, she was providing that technical quality. She gets the goal, but that that's not even influencing what I'm saying or why I'm asking this question. Because for the first star, she just she just dictated the game, and it, it really was her night. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, before she's maybe sacrificed um, her technical capabilities for the good of the team, you know, in Ukraine, she was a solid 7 out of 10 and that's what you get 
if not eight or nines from Marissa every week, you know, and she's another one who's been in the Northern Ireland setup, you know, since 2010 and having spoke to her um, on the Sporty Scoop podcast, you know, she was just so proud and you could feel that in her performance. She was going out to go to the Euros and, you know, she said in her interview after the game, Ukraine didn't stand a chance because we were just on it from the start. And, you know, she set the tone early on and early run and they won a corner and you know that really kind of lifted Northern Ireland that was their first foray up the pitch and it was after like one or two minutes and I think with the goal she might she may now get the plaudits she kind of deserves because you know she's been a virtual ever present during the campaign she was telling us that she missed one of the games due to COVID and you know she was devastated but the girls went out and they said this is for you and you know she's wanting to repay the faith of and the support shown her by the injured players um, she said they were going out to do it for her and you know she just epitomised everything Northern Ireland did well you know the fighting spirit but also as you said the technical ability she has you know that goal you know it was a difficult one okay it was an easy finish but you know to take that touch and not give away a foul and to just even react in the first place to get in that position to be able to finish it off you know and obviously a Cliff Mill, you know, Marissa is just a legend of the local game and just for Northern Ireland. And I'm just, I'm so pleased for her because, you know, she was just so emotional in her interview after. And, you know, she's worked so hard all these years to bring Northern Ireland to where it needs to be. And now, you know, she's going to the Euro tournament and knowing Marissa personally, you know, I'm, I'm just so, so pleased for her. And obviously last night, you know, all of them were stars, but, you know, she really shone brightly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Tierna, just uh, to kind of do the, um, one last individual performance, I think you, you kind of mentioned it there. It is the goalkeeper who, you know, I said Ukraine didn't have a, a huge amount of chances, um, huge number of chances throughout the two games. But, you know, they did have, have, have a couple of free kicks and um, she especially makes one incredible save out in Kovalivka um, towards the end. She, it's safe hands right the way through the two games as well. You know, when you compare that to the, the goalkeeper in the other net, um, where she seemed to be kind of spilling mm. absolutely everything, every high ball that came over. Um, as I say, we've, we've mentioned about a million times and probably like, uh, you know, ripping the life out of it a bit here, but you wouldn't have known who was a professional keeper and who was the one playing in the Irish League. Um, and to have that presence behind the back three or back four, whichever it is, is, is just so important. And she's somebody who, obviously was sent off in Belarus and, and maybe, you know, I don't know how, how she took that. Maybe took it, took a, you know, the, the girls came through for her in the end, but it was probably a bit disappointed in herself, even though it wasn't really her fault. But, you know, to come back in and show that character and that mentality, which seems to be the buzzwords of this podcast, is, is so impressive. And she was so assured for such a young goalkeeper as well. Yeah, totally. And I think it's, you know, great to make the actual the comparison as well between her and the Ukraine goalkeeper because that Ukraine goalkeeper did not seem confident at all the whole night. Uh, <laughs> was vice versa on you know Northern Ireland's end of the pitch. Um, it was you know, er, you know, it was clean saves, clean catches, and uh, you know, Ukraine barely had a had a look in. Um, to be quite honest, and then it was it was great to see. And as you say, yeah, you, you know you wouldn't have been able to tell who was the, the pro goalkeeper and who was the Irish league goalkeeper. And, um, and I think it was just to go for, you know, go to show the mentality. Um, I think there was a point where um, there was a bit of a break. I think it was maybe around the 20th, 30th minute. And you could see, you know, she was telling the players to calm down a wee bit because um, uh, Ukraine just had a, li a little bit um, shot up at attack. And, um, but I think even, you know, the whole game, in general, I remember there was sort of whenever Ukraine started to attack a little bit in the first half, um, you know, I was watching with a couple of my friends and they were just laughing, saying, you know, it's the first time they'd seen that end of the stadium, you know, in like 30, 40 minutes, which is, you know, just, you know, crazy to, to think. Um, but yeah, goalkeeping has been incredible to watch. And, and I think we should be insanely proud to take a clean sheet from last night um, as much as to take the two goals. And um, um, and it, it's great. I think, as I said before, you know, the fact we've only conceded one goal over these two games against a professional team um, goes to show a lot about um, the skill and mentality of, of our players at the back. Yeah, all right. Well, let's move on. Let's actually talk about the Euros themselves because we are going. It is, uh, it is over <laughs> a year away. But we do know what the, the pots are going to be for the draw. Now, the, the date um, of the draw hasn't been confirmed yet. 
Uh, but we do know that in pot one, there'll be England, Netherlands, uh, Germany, and France. In pot two, we've got Sweden, uh, Spain, Norway, and Italy. So it's obviously one team from each pot will make up each group. Pot three is Denmark, Belgium, Switzerland, and Austria. And then in pot four, we've got Iceland, Russia, Finland, and wait for it, Northern Ireland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um, we'll talk a bit about pot one. Um, England, Holland, Germany, France. It's pretty terrifying, I have to say. But, um, you know, they're the, I think it's the second, third, fourth and fifth ranked teams in the world. Obviously, England uh, England beat us 6-0 in a friendly recently. But would you fancy having another go at them? Like maybe get the spirit of 2005 back up? Who's going to be on DVD <laughs> this time? Opening, opening game at Wembley, beat them 1-0. I mean, it's, it's just written in the stars. I mean, do you fancy England or who from those four? Uh, the other ones being Holland, Germany and France. Who do you then necessarily want to avoid? Is there an easy game or an easier game there or...? Or is it just all kind of fair? Uh, yeah, I think, as you say, they're all quite terrifying um, to play. You know, these are teams that are full of professional players who train full time, um, who, you know, been in the game probably for a long time as well, and have also a huger pool of players to pull from. But um, I think, you know, it would be nice to play England, you know, get a bit of that. It'd be a quite a competitive game, I think. Um, but I think, you know, any any side, you know, it would almost be, I think, for the girls' point of view, you know, for the for the ladies that are playing, you know, to draw a team like Germany, you know, yes, it'll be a very tough game to play against. But to say you've played against, you know, some of these top players in the world would be an incredible experience. And I think that was some of the things, you know, that um, Marissa was saying before on the Sporting Scoop was, you know, with England, you know, you were sort of looking across at these players that you are normally watching on TV and, um, you know, playing Women's Super League. So um, I th I'm going to say, yes, it'd be great to get an England rematch. Um, I think we could give them a proper go this time because, you know, it's actually a competitive game. Um, but I would say any in the top four would be uh, an incredible experience for the girls to play against. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to say they're going to be incredibly tough games, but the experience, I'm going to go with experience um, <laughs> over. Um, but an England game in Wembley would be nice, I have to it say. Would, yeah, it, it would be, Lauren. And like to, to play England, I think, you know, it, it's mad because I'm looking at my Twitter here and I'm following like supporters clubs and everyone's talking about going over to this tournament and I'm going over to support the girls. I think we're going to bring thousands over and, I don't know if we play <laughs> if we play England at Wembley, we might feel like we're the home team because we'll bring so many fans over, you know. Um, but all right, look at look at a pot two: Sweden, Spain, Norway, and Italy. Now, a lot of the girls were very happy with the draw against Ukraine because they played them within a year, um, and they kind of knew what they were all about. Albeit they lost five, uh, they lost four nil. Uh, they had the video analysis and they, they knew exactly what the, the game plan was to beat them. So, with that in mind. Do you think they'll fancy another crack at Norway from that perspective? I mean, I know they won the games 6-0, uh, but we've come on so far from that. It's going to be two or three years from that. And Norway are an incredible side, but would you prefer to kind of have a team that you know about, and you know exactly what the players or movements, this and that and the other? Uh, or do you think there's anyone else there that, that, that Northern Ireland would fancy having a go at in part two? Yeah, I definitely think Norway is the one because, you know, the girls were speaking about having faced Ukraine, you know, they know what they're about. And I think it's the same for Norway, you know, they've had two games against them and that was at the start of when Kenny came in and, you know, he was still trying to bet in kind of what he was, his philosophy on the team. And, you know, now that they know it and they're settled and, you know, it's going to be in uh, European Championships, you know, and it's basically a free hit, you know, Northern Ireland are going there, it's their first one ever, and obviously they want to be competitive, but, you know, to go out against Norway, I think would be great. Um, England as well, that would just be a dream tie, I think, just for anybody involved. Um, I'd like to avoid the Netherlands, because obviously, you know, reigning world champions, um, but but worry of them. <laughs> um, obviously, worry of England as well, but, you know, they're not in the greatest run at the minute, and they have a new manager coming in, so maybe, you know, when the Euros, will they be settled yet? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think Norway in that pot, and then looking at the other part, pots, I'd probably take Denmark. Um, they drew with Wales last night, and, you know, 
wager with Wales. So I think we'd stand a fair chance. And, you know, again, as as you've said, you know, the amount of supporters going over, you know, that'll really help the guards. Obviously, they've had, you know, great support online, but they haven't had them in person for this campaign, which must be, like, you know, really disappointing after all the highs. But, you know, getting fans to the Euros in Northern Ireland's first one ever, so it's going to be an amazing trip. And, you know, Kenny will set his side out, you know, obviously the lowest ranked team but he'll set them out to try and win and I think Denmark, um, Norway and England or as Tierney said Germany would be a decent draw. Yeah and, and Tierney do you, do you fancy going over are you gonna are you gonna go over to England to support the girls what do you think are we all gonna we're gonna get an in-person podcast from Wembley after we've beaten them 2-1 <laughs> or what do we think? <laughs> I have everything crossed that COVID will not be around next year. <laughs> um, um, it's disappointing the fact that we didn't even get to, you know, watch them in person last night. Um, it would have been, I tell you, CD would have been packed out last night. I think if um, fans had been allowed, I would love to go over. And, and I think what would be so great, I mean, I remember in 2016 when the men's made the Euros and Northern Irish fans and Republic fans were named the best fans of the tournament. And, you know, it would be so great to, you know, do that again over in England. Um, and, you know, it's great. It's not too far away either, I guess. But, yeah, I think um, I would love to go over. It would be a great experience. And hopefully everything across COVID is still not, is not around next year. And um, there will be fans allowed because I think that would be, that would just be, you know, the icing on the cake for the, for the girls, you know, um, to have fans there would have made last night so much better and and I think at the tournament itself it would be great even just to have their own family there and friends you know, that support them and love them so um yes everything is crossed hopefully I will be there <laughs> yeah it'll mean I don't have to keep trying to stroke media passes for these games <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that'll be incredible. I think, you know, I'm looking at it. I've got it all worked out in my head. I'm living in Liverpool and <laughs> um, I'm still going to be working up until right until the end of July. So groups C and D are all played in the north. I think it's Manchester, Rotherham, Lewis and Sheffield. Uh, so if they're in groups C and D, I can get out of work at four o'clock and make it up for a game that night. Uh, if it's a, if it's a Saturday or Sunday, it'll have to be, um, or if it's down south, it'll have to be a Saturday or Sunday to get down. Trust me, I'm going to be there. I uh, don't care how I get there, I'm definitely going to be there. Um, just before we finish, uh, Lauren and Tierna, I ask you guys both to have a think about who were your three best players over the course of these playoff games. So just over the course of these two games, not going back. Uh, kind of along the uh, along the World Cup qualifying or the European qualifying uh, as a whole. Just these two games. Um, let me think. How will we do it? Will I get you to do all three at once, or will we go three two? Well, no, we'll do go three two one. So, Lauren, who was your third best player for Northern Ireland over these uh, over these two two playoff matches? Um, mine was Chloe McCarn because, as I've said previously, you know, she didn't start and she came in and she was just superb in the middle of the park and her with Sarah McFadden, you know, it was a great balance and I think she'd be so proud of her performance. She was immense. Okay, Tierna, who's your third? I went with Rebecca McCann, actually, who I mentioned earlier. I just think there was just, I'm not a Ukraine player was getting past her <laughs> for the last few games and I just think been an incredible performance in at the back. Yeah, absolutely. My third is uh, is actually Marissa Callahan. Um, obviously, you know these players, some players you've mentioned there might be in one of our other top twos. But yeah, I thought Callahan just for the just for the performance last night, the the technical quality she brought, the assuredness she brought into the midfield, uh, and obviously she she produces the moment which ultimately settles the nerves and puts us one 0 up. So so Callahan's my number three. Uh, all right, Tierney, we'll go back to you. Who was your number two then? So my number two was Callahan. Um, I also sit similar sort of reasons. I think I think Marissa is just a great player, and uh, I think she deserves everything that um, she's worked for in the last while. And it was just so great for her to get the goal as well last night. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What about you, Lauren? Are you are, is Callahan in your top two, or is she number one? Bit of bias in there. Or <laughs> let's, let's let's hear what let's hear what you've got. No, I've I've agreed with Tierna. She's my number two. I've. I wanted to put her number one, but I just think there was someone just edged her just a wee bit. But like, what a captain's performance throughout the whole mm. two legs, and just again, like all the rest of the players, there's, there's not enough superlatives for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, my number two is Rebecca McKenna. 
Um, I thought, yeah, over the two legs. The reason I put her in just ahead of Callahan uh, was just because she produced such an incredible performance in both games. I think, as you said, Lauren Callahan was your 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 steady, well, more than steady, seven eight out of ten in Ukraine. But I thought, you know, McKenna had a real shout for man of the match in both those games. And like you say, you know, no Ukrainian player was getting past her. Flipping Usain Bolt wasn't getting past her last night. Like she, <laughs> could have, she she was letting absolutely nothing past her. It was just incredible to see. And you know, we talk about players potentially going across the water or playing their way into the into the team for the Euros. I mean, she's certainly one to keep an eye on now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, Lauren, give me your, your best player over these two games for Northern Ireland. Mine's is Rebecca McKenna. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she, she was just phenomenal in both games. And, you know, she had a tough ask. Obviously, Albie McGee had been playing more regularly and she did amazing against England and then to come in and arguably better her performances against Ukraine you know she was just simply superb and at 20 years of age playing in the Irish league to put in that performance you know both up attacking and as well as defense defensively she was just so sound and definitely one who will probably get a move across the water next and you know that'll be really exciting to watch her at the Euros. Yeah massively okay Tierna who's your best player? So I went with Simone McGill because I thought her winning goal against Ukraine just was fabulous. And I just think she's just a brilliant player. And I just think she's so great to watch. And she's also been around the team for quite a while now. And um, I'm just so happy for her and and the team for progressing. So Simone is my number one. Yeah, I I agree. Actually, Simone was my number one of the two. Um, it It was very tough to choose, really. I think um, you know your shout for McCarran's a good one, Lauren. I think you could you could easily put her in. You'd easily put McFadden in or any of the, the players who played centre half. Um, Jackie Burns didn't put a foot wrong either. But um, yeah, I think I think just for the moments that Simone produced, you've got the moment to get the winner in Ukraine. You've the moment to kind of that high press, which eventually sets up the goal for Caldwell. Just kind of just ran all night. She's probably still running down the M1 now. She's probably running back over. <laughs> Probably running back over to Liverpool, um, but yeah, obviously, you know, we, um, I've, I've chatted to Simone uh, on the podcast and just like a, a really, really, really nice person as well. Somebody who had so much time for us on here is and the same with Fernie. You know, we were chatting for, for ages before and after it, and that's a great thing. Like these girls, they're so, they're, for such superstars, they're so humble as well. They're happy to come on and do things yeah. like this and a, appreciate the support. So, so yeah, Simone McGill is my, is my number one. And listen, that's hope. Uh, number one in uh, in for the for these over these two games, and let's hope that you know she can get herself back in the starting lineup for Everton. I know there's a lot of very 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 good players there uh, playing in the women's Super League as well, but she's had some injury problems. I know she was pretty gutted to miss out on the in the, on the the wins over Belarus and the Faroes, but to come back in and establish herself back in the side uh, and produce those moments, I mean, she just deserves it for for the, the service she's given Northern Ireland over the years and will do for the next few years. So, yeah, uh, all right, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much to you both for coming on. It's been a really enjoyable podcast. We're going to get that out this afternoon. Um, so I hope you guys at home enjoyed listening to that. Our next one will probably be uh, just before the June, uh, the June friendlies for the Northern Ireland men's team. Uh, but let's see what we can get out in the meantime, see if I can get an interview or something. But no promises in that one. Uh, so, yeah, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. And we're going to the Euros. Na, 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>